Living Corporate is brought to you by The Access Point. The reality is, this is the largest influx of black and brown talent corporate America has ever had. And as a result, a variety of talent entering the workforce are first-generation professionals. The other reality? Most of these folks aren't learning what it means to navigate a majority white workplace in their college classes. Enter The Access Point a live weekly web show within the Living Corporate Network that gives black and brown college students the real talk they need and likely haven't heard elsewhere. Every week, our hosts and special guests are dropping gems, so don't miss out. Check out The Access Point, airing every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard on livingcorporate.tv. Hey everybody, this is See It To Be It from Living Corporate. Living Corporate is a digital media network that centers and amplifies black and brown people at work. My name is Amy C. Wanninger and I'm the host of See It To Be It. When I was growing up in rural Southern Indiana, I didn't know people who went to college or who worked in professional roles. I didn't even know what those jobs looked like, much less how to break into them. But this show isn't about me, it's about the guests. I bring you career stories from everyday role models in jobs you may not know exist. More importantly, the folks I interview share their perspectives as black and brown professionals in jobs and work environments where they may be the only. My guest today is Julia Rock, who, while she has a full-time job, also runs a successful business as a career coach, which is the focus of our interview today. But before we get to the interview, we're going to tap in with Tristan for some career advice. What's going on, Living Corporate fam? It's Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting, and I teamed up with Living Corporate to bring you all a weekly career tip. This week, we're going to talk about something that is important for every employee, preparing for our annual reviews. As a hiring manager, one of the most common things I saw when review time rolled around is everyone scrambling to get them filled out because they didn't remember what they had done all year. Or better yet, turning in self-reviews with little to no accomplishments listed, expecting their manager to remember what they've done. If this is you, you're doing it all wrong, but I'm here to help. Your review is the time for you to be your own best advocate. Otherwise, everything you've accomplished will more than likely be overlooked. So here's what I used to do and what I taught my employees so review time becomes a breeze. Most reviews require you to set three to five goals that you'll work on achieving throughout the year. So I create an annual review folder and three to five subfolders for each goal, both in my email and on my work computer. Each time I complete a step towards the goal, whether that be completing a project, developing a file, receiving recognition, or getting certified in something, I file it in the appropriate folder, either on my computer or in my email. Then when time comes to write my review, I open up each folder and easily convey my accomplishments. Remember, when you're writing your review, you want to provide your manager with things such as dates, dollars, or whatever details or measurements needed to let them know not only that you achieved the goal, but you surpassed it. This will help them make the case for giving you that raise or recognition that you deserve. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. Living Corporate is brought to you by The Leadership Range, a podcast within the Living Corporate Network. 
hosted by globally certified and Fortune 500 executive coach and leadership development expert Neil Edwards. The leadership range is focused on having real, raw, soulful and accountable conversations about inclusive leadership, allyship, professional development. Every week is a new episode with new learning and new actions to take on to grow inclusively. Make sure you check out the leadership range everywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to See It To Be It. My guest today is Julia Rock. Julia is the owner of Rock Career Development, a career solutions firm that helps ambitious black and people of color professionals break through career plateaus to earn more income and secure fulfilling job opportunities where they can truly thrive and achieve their career potential. Julia is a career and leadership development expert, and through her signature coaching methods, clients are able to secure dream positions while earning their worth and then some. Julia, welcome to the show. I am so glad to have you. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. So thank you. So I love telling people when I know when I know my guests in advance and when I'm meeting them for the first time, but um, you and I met on Twitter and became fast friends. So I, I love those stories because people say, well, you can't make real friends on Twitter. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because we celebrated like the election and everything together. Yeah. I mean, it was so much fun. And so, you know, people, I feel like I've found better friends on Twitter than I have in like real life. <laughs> Isn't that sad? But, you know, with, with everybody lives in your computer, right, as we all have during the pandemic, those lines get so blurred between like who's who's a, an IRL friend, right? And who's right. an online friend right. because everybody has been an online friend for the past year. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's the thing, you know, during the pandemic, it's like you had to keep connections with people that you already knew. But then, especially when you're going through kind of this shared trauma, almost just of, hey, we're all trying to get through the pandemic together, people who are who can feel what you're feeling and are dealing with what you're dealing with, you're able to strike and build some real bonds with people that may not have been the case before. And so I feel like sometimes those online friends truly do become those in real life friends, just because of that very reason. It's like, man, we're all struggling and going through this together. Absolutely. And what have you seen have been the career implications for people, you know, with the relationship management piece um, over the last year? Man, so so there have been uh, a couple of different things. Uh, so I guess on the plus side, I think there's been a better opportunity for folks to start to build relationships now because everyone's online so you can strike up a conversation and people are more open to that versus having to go to someone's networking fair or career fair and you've got a business card and you're awkwardly at the salad bar trying to start up a conversation. And so I think it's, it's, it's kind of brought down the barriers to starting relationships even with people at various levels. So typically, especially if you're an analyst or someone starting out in your career, you're a little bit more hesitant to reach out to someone who's senior. But given the fact of during the pandemic, so many more just managers and executives and folks are trying to connect with people online, you have that opportunity to do that. Um, but the downside is, you know, especially for within the workplace, it's just been tough to maintain certain relationships. You've um, so I managed my team for for part of the time of the pandemic, and it was a true active, you know, uh, assignment to make sure that you're keeping in touch with folks, keeping folks motivated, and inspiring them, and just also just checking in on folks' mental health and just how people are dealing with it. Uh, and so, you know, there were some plus sides, you know, again for building relationships. 
Um, and then the other thing I would want to mention on the plus side, so going back the other way, is it's given people an opportunity to work for different locations, uh, get some new experience, um, you know, support different groups, because now we don't have to relocate you from one side of the country to the other. You do have the chance to just, you know, work in a variety of groups. So there's some pluses and minuses on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was doing some coaching in an organization. I have a corporate client that wanted some coaching for their employees. And several of the employees said, you know, I want to apply for such and such job, but they don't do that in my location. And I would push back and I'd say, well, what does location mean right now? Exactly. Exactly. And then they were like, oh, you know, like it's an opportunity for us to let go of some of these limiting beliefs around where we sit and what we're capable of because of it. Right. And and I think the beauty of that as well, it now allows people to maintain that work-life balance that has seemed to be so elusive, uh, you know, for all of the downside of the pandemic, the upside is people have been able to spend more time with their family and then also don't have to uproot them for job opportunities because in years past, it's like, well, hey, I've got this awesome job, but it's, you know, on the other side of the country. So you've got to take kids out of school and take your spouse out of work and all these other things. Now you have the opportunity to stay right where you are and still get those fulfilling job opportunities. So the world has kind of opened up a little bit for everyone. Yeah, I agree. Now with your coaching clients, do you have a particular industry that you work in or is it broad across all industries? So, so my uh, main focus is for-profit private corporations. So, so the typical corporate America. Uh, so, you know, I do have clients who have come in from other walks of life, um, healthcare, academia, but I truly focus on that corporate space for-profit organizations. Um, and, and most of my clients, they work at kind of these uh, Fortune 100 type of organizations. Um, I do have folks who work with smaller startups and smaller businesses, but really the bulk of my clients are working at those kind of Fortune 100 organizations. And so when they come to you, is it because they've been laid off and they want to, and they're looking for a job or is it because they have a job and they're looking to level up? What, what is the, what's kind of the profile of the people that you work with? Sure. So the majority of my clients are people who are feeling either stuck or at a crossroads. So there's some folks who are coming to me saying, Julia, I'm stuck. I've been trying to get a promotion. I've tried to get um, expanded responsibility. I've tried to get into leadership or a higher level of leadership, and I just can't break through that barrier. Um, or if it's a salary barrier, like, hey, I've been trying to get to six figures now, and I've you know, jumped jobs, jumped companies, and I'm still just not getting what I deserve to earn. So you you have those folks that are stuck. And then you have people who are at that crossroads of, you know, I'm okay with what I'm doing now, but I'm not sure I'm truly fulfilled with this. And I want to go potentially in direction A or direction B, and I'm just not sure. Uh, And so then they come to me for for some career clarity and guidance, because then once they get that clarity, then they need the, well, how do I get that job or how do I get into that field, et cetera. So those are typically the profile. And then obviously you have folks who who have just lost their job or something and they're now seeking help. Gotcha. Okay. So I want to go to this this notion of being stuck because I talk to a lot of people. And a lot of people feel stuck where they are. Mm -hmm. And I know there are all kinds of different reasons that people can find themselves in that situation. But what would you say are are maybe the top two or three um, either causes for that or remedies for that that you're seeing 
So, so I think there are a couple of different causes that you have, um, you know, one is that what I've seen is that some folks have kind of let their careers happen to them, essentially. So the company just says, hey, we've got this path for you. And they keep just making the widgets until they get a put promotion and then they keep making the widgets, but there's no sort of kind of active, well, where is this path going? You know, these are the goals I have. How are we going to get there? So it's kind of more so just letting the career happen to them. And then you look up 10 years later, it's like, oh, good God, I'm still here. So this, so I see that that's, um, that's one of the major reasons. Um, what I've also found, especially for my clients that are people of color, uh, sometimes it's the organizations that are not valuing their diverse talent. And so they, they see, uh, and this has happened to me in my career as well, is that they see other people who don't have the same credentials, um, who don't have the same experience, they're getting promoted to opportunities. And yet they, you know, those individuals are not getting them. And they're wondering, well, hey, what's the, what's the reason? And so they feel like the organization may be the obstacle for them being able to progress uh, in their career. Um, and then it's, you also just find that they, the organization itself may not be a fit because when you're working with some smaller companies, the, the opportunities just may not be there because they have a finite group of roles, they have a, a small number of positions, and they've got this director that's been in the job for 10 years, you're not going to retire anytime soon. And so the question is, how many other opportunities are, you, uh, are, are there for you in the organization? So those are some of the things that I've seen. Um, and so some, some of the potential remedies, you know, when it comes to being stuck. Um, oh, well, let me go back to one other thing. The other, the other thing from a problem standpoint is that folks don't get clear on what work they actually want to do. So they kind of just get to this point of, man, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm not moving, but they haven't done the assessment of, well, why do you feel stuck? What work do you actually want to do that you're not doing now? Because you, it's hard for you to start moving forward if you don't know where you want to go. You know, you can get in the car, but if you don't know where you're supposed to go, you're still going to just sit in the car. So that's the, uh, that's the other thing. So when it comes to remedies, you know, what I typically do with my clients is we get that kind of career clarity first, helping them to understand, you know, what is it that you want? So let's strip away your titles, let's strip away your past experience, let's strip away all of those things and just do a self-evaluation of who you are and what you want. Because when you don't have that pressure of what you've already done in your career, you can think more clearly. But too often people feel like if I switch careers, I'm, I'm losing everything, I'm starting over. And, and so they have all this kind of negative self-talk. And so once we strip that away and kind of just focus on what it is you want, um, you know, then we have a better opportunity of identifying those roles. Um, and then from an organizational perspective, what's key is for them to make making sure that they have the right um, talent development and talent management structures in place to ensure that people are getting the right opportunities and making sure that, you know, it's not just some people getting opportunities that the that the opportunities are more spread around, especially for diverse talent, so they can retain those individuals and have a true succession plan um, and uh, talent pipelines for these individuals so they can achieve their career goals as well. Yeah, and I want to go back to, to something you said about, you know, when when people of color are seeing their white colleagues get promoted or women are seeing men get promoted, you know, that is so tough because I'll talk to people about, you know, doing educational programs with me and and they're like you know i want to take your class because and then they kind of explain what's going on and they're like look i've been i've been high potential in this role for 10 years and i've seen people come and go and i'm like i'm not going to sell you 
on an education program because that's not the problem, right? It's not that you're not prepared. It's not that you don't have the skills. It's not that you're not ready, right? It's that you are being undervalued where you are. Is there a remedy for that where people sit or is it really like they need to break out and go somewhere else to, to feel like they're being valued and to be recognized for their, for their skills and experience? Man. Um, so, so here's what I'll say. There's a couple of different things at play here. Uh, what I have found that has helped me, um, even in an organization that was kind of stifling my career a bit was finding sponsors. So people who both looked like me and didn't look like me. So both black sponsors and white sponsors. Uh, and I, I began to build those relationships and those were folks who were then willing to speak up on my behalf and get me opportunities that I couldn't get on my own. So when my career was stalling and I was able to push back and say, well, why am I not getting promoted? Why am I not getting this supervisor job? What's happening here? I had those relationships and then I went, you know, and I went to those folks and said, hey, this is a problem. <laughs> and so, you know, and so these are, so those are individuals that can, they have the juice essentially. And I think that people, they, they, they mix the two between mentors and sponsors and then sponsors is tr- truly someone who's at a senior level, who's got the juice in the organization, who can truly move, uh, move things around for you, create opportunities, open doors that you can't on your, um, by yourself. And so me being able to leverage those individuals uh, has been helpful, uh, but sometimes, the organization as it stands may not be willing to facilitate your career growth. And that's where you, that's where you may have to take your exit. So it, it, you know, it's possible depending on the organization, but then you have to ask yourself, do you really feel like doing that heavy lifting? Is that something that you feel is, is the right thing for you and your family and just for your own mental health? Or does it make sense for you to take the time to go find an organization that will value you and pay you what you deserve, give you the opportunities that you deserve and give you the room to thrive? Because not all organizations are equal. And the, and the company that you work at right now is not the only game in town. There are other places that you can take your talents for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things that I struggle with with folks is, you know, it's like, well, where do you tell them to go? Because every place tends to be, um, you know, the same patterns kind of happen over and over and over in different organizations. But I think to your point, if you're not looking for those sponsors in your organization, um, moving to a new organization, even if they've got great, you know, pipeline development programs, right? Even if they've got great career plans, if you don't go find those sponsors early, you're going to find yourself in the same spot, right? So there's, because because Becky and Chad are finding sponsors. That's why they're moving up, right? Exactly, and 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 that that's the thing. You know, I, I think there's a, for some reason there's a hesitation to develop relationships with with senior individuals, whether it's that we feel like, hey, um, this person may not want to talk to me or not want to develop a relationship with me. But it's about just creating that engagement. So the way that I found my sponsors was just beginning to learn about what they do. And they, as the conversations went, it was informal. We started with lunches and maybe just sitting and and having a quick coffee chat. And then as that time went on, they became more and more invested because they wanted to understand, okay, well, where is your career going now? Like what roles do they have you in and so forth? And the conversation became deeper as we went. So you're not just going to someone say, please be my sponsor. that's not what it's about. It's about the networking um, and 
depending on the relationship that you have with um, other individuals who may be peers in your organization, but they've been there a long time, they can help to open doors for you as well. Uh, what I found with some of the, the, the sponsors who do look like me, I, it was it was through peers They're like, oh, well, do you know so-and-so? No, let me send an introduction for you. And they sent an email and they, and they opened up that conversation. So it's not just about networking up either. It's about networking across because you don't know who that person knows and who through your relationship with them will be willing to open a door for you as well. Absolutely. And you know, I'm always talking about networking and how important networking is at every level of the organization. You never know who's going to be the one, right? Exactly. And so it is so important. So how did you get involved in coaching? What, What, what sparked this for you? Yeah, so it's interesting because I started writing resumes um, back in 2006. Um, So when I was in college, I just spent a lot of time at the career services office and I just kind of soaked up everything that they did there. Every workshop, every pamphlet, whatever it is, I just, just gained an interest. And so I started to write resumes, but then um, as I was helping people with resumes, people were asking for help with, with interviews and, you know, if they've got a salary question, you know, they just kind of naturally started to come to me. And I was doing this for free for a long time, but I found it to be something I, I enjoyed. And in 2013, I guess it was 2013, I um, coached one of my friends to his first six-figure job. And he's like, He's like, I really appreciate the free help, but you really, really should start charging people for this. I mean, this is just too good to just keep giving away. I like that he said, now that I'm good, start charging other people. (laughs) He's like, I'm happy for the free help, but for others. Um, I'm sorry, continue. No, no. And and so, and then in addition to that, um, I was going to, I was helping my company for my nine to five, I was helping them with recruiting and we were going to different career fairs. And I saw the stark difference in performance between black candidates and non-black candidates. Um, So I'm not even gonna do the whole POC thing there. It's truly that I saw black candidates versus non-black candidates. And I saw the non-black candidates that came up to the booth and they were you know, super polished and, pre- and prepared. And then some of the black candidates that were coming, they just didn't have it together. And I'm like, but you would look at their resumes. And it's like, well, it's not that you don't have the skills or the intellect, that's not the case. So what's missing? And it's truly that, um, whether it's that coaching and the positioning, you know, the secrets that it seems like everyone else got that the, that the black candidates didn't get. And so I said, I have a real shot at helping to level the playing field by pro- providing the right information and coaching so that when these candidates enter these situations on, in the future, they're more prepared. And so, uh, so that's really what, what kind of sparked me to, to getting into the industry. I think that's fantastic. And so the, because, well, first of all, not only are you fulfilling a need for your clients, but you're really bridging a critical a talent gap for employers and you're you're creating you're creating an economic shift in a whole community when you do this kind of work the way you're doing it and i'm just i'm so glad that you're you and that you're doing what you're doing entrepreneurship is not an easy thing right like even if so you've got all your 9 to 5 skills which you know, you're hitting it out of the park over there. You're, you're doing the coaching, which is a whole different skill set, and you're knocking that out of the park. But then entrepreneurship is this other thing entirely, right? It's hard. It's, 
it's everything. Like you got to know how to do damn near everything until you can figure out how to pay somebody else to do it for you. Right. So talk a little bit about that process and what that's been like for you. Man. Um, so the thing about entrepreneurship is a lot of it is just is mental because it will wear you down because there are days when it's like, yes, everything is going great. I love this. And then it's like, oh my God, this sucks. I'm a failure. And so there's just this mental battle that you're going through. So, uh, so that's kind of the one thing I'll say is that you've got to have the mental fortitude, but then the process of knowing when to, to, to get help, because you have to learn all the things in your business, but then you also have to take a step back and ask yourself, if I really want to achieve these goals and grow and have the revenue and the income that I want, I can't do it by myself. Because when I first started, I'm like, well, no, I don't, no one can do it like me. And I don't want to share my money just yet. I'm too poor in my business. Um, And so, you know, so you have all these things you tell yourself, but then you're wearing yourself into the ground because I have a very intense nine to five and I've, you know, my career has continued to progress. And so, Uh, you know, as my business was growing, my job was growing at work. And it's like, okay, something's got to give here because I can't keep giving everything to both sides or else I'm going to completely burn out. And so you have to assess, you know, when do I get help? And I, you know, honestly speaking, I probably should have gotten help sooner than I actually did. And typically that's what entrepreneurs will tell you. You don't get help when you're already at your breaking point. That's not the time to get help. The time to get help is, you know, you realize that, okay, things are coming on. I need to set up the right infrastructure and processes in my business. And and so that I can grow, but grow at a pace that makes sense. And I'm not doing things out of desperation because when you're doing things out of desperation, you're hiring just anybody because you're just like, God, I've got to get this off my plate versus having a chance to think through it methodically, build a plan, think about the financial impacts, et cetera. Um, but, but, but I will say, so I would say kind of hindsight, I probably got help later than I should have. And so if, for anyone who's listening, don't wait to get help. You know, if you think that you're wasting money, um, your income is only going to be able to grow because you're going to have the capacity to take on more work. And which is what I saw is that once I started getting help, the work start more work started coming and I had more work to share. So, you know, just a, just an additional thought there. I love that. So in your nine to five, in your coaching, in your, your business ownership, I realize like, that's a lot of time, you know, all three of those things together is a lot of time, but you still need to to replenish your reserves, right? You still need someone to pour into you. Where do you go for that community? So, um, well, I start with family. So my parents, uh, my parents are both retired. They're actually moving back to Barbados this year. Super jealous of them. Um, but uh, so I start with 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 my family. My parents first and foremost. Both of my parents, they're um, they're God fearing Christians, and so a lot of times I will talk to them, and they will just either pray with me or just give me words of encouragement to just give me that extra boost. Um, because they're just like, we just want to see you be successful. And so whatever we can do to help you with that, uh, we'll do that. So, so a lot of times I'll call them if I'm just at a breaking point, mom, I'm, I need help. <laughs> you know, so sometimes you have those moments as an, as an entrepreneur where it's like, you've got to talk to somebody. And sometimes I don't, the only person who can help you is your, is your mom. Um, and then I, um, I have a very small group of friends who, um, uh, some of them are entrepreneurs and some of them aren't. 
Um, but they, but they've all been through whether it's some sort of life experience or trauma or things that they've had to overcome. And so they've had to build their own resilience and, 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 and kind of wherewithal. And so those are people that I can go to when I'm at my lowest point and they can give me the words of encouragement because it's like, Hey, we've been through tough stuff. You've been through tough stuff. Here are some things that can help you. Here are some things to think through. Um, you know, just a quick story. Um, I was having a panic attack, maybe it was a, a year or two ago. And, and I called one of my good friends, because I was just like, I couldn't read, I was struggling. And he literally had to talk me off the ledge, because I was just like, I can't breathe, what's going on. And so being being able to just pick up the phone and call somebody who can talk you down, talk you off the ledge. I mean, that's, I mean, that's priceless. So it's, I start with family. Like I said, I have a really small group of friends. And then I also have Twitter. I have some great folks on Twitter who, you know, for some reason I'm a weirdo and somehow they've gravitated to my weirdoness. And, you know, when my grandfather passed and other things have happened, you know, they just kind of rallied around a little bit um, and just kind of sent DMs or words of encouragement. And that goes a long way, honestly. Yeah, isn't it funny how the kindness of strangers that you've never met, you may not even know what they look like because their avatar isn't a picture of them, um, but they'll they'll step in in times and say the right thing. Right. And it's like, it's almost like divine intervention at that point, right? It's Absolutely. like, okay, that, that came from somewhere. Like it was exactly what I needed at that moment. Um, trolls are another story, but <laughs> <laughs> right. we have plenty of that. <laughs> but there are so many good people out there, and you know, and I, I truly believe, Julia, good, fe- good people find good people, and you know, I, I just feel like the people that you've attracted into your life are there for a reason. They're there because you deserve them, and and you know, because you have given so much to them. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I just feel like you know, we're here for a purpose to, you know, we're not here just for us. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my mom, she, she told me, she's like, I don't, she was talking about herself, but she's like, I don't want to die. And the only thing that they remember about me is that, Hey, I was a nurse. She's like, she's like, I don't want that to be my story. She's like, I want it to be that I've given more to the world and I've created more of a positive impact. And so I took that messaging, you know, and I, that's how I've lived my life. I'm like, I don't want it to just be that Julie was a business owner. She was a coach that she was, you know, she worked a nine to five or whatever. I want it to be that people say that Julia had a positive impact on me or the world around her, you know, just, you know, something beyond just myself or just ways to make money. I feel like we're here for a greater purpose. And so when, whenever someone says, Hey, you help me with this, that means more to me than the money that I get in the bank. You know, I'll find a way to make money somehow, but being able to impact people in a positive way is priceless. And so, you know, when I, when people respond to me on Twitter, it's like, yay, I've actually helped someone do something. (laughs) Yeah, that is so important. So how can people reach you if they are feeling stuck or they're at a crossroads in their career and they're looking for the kind of help that you provide? Uh, absolutely. So they can actually go right to our website. So they can go rockcareer.com. Um, and if they want to book a consultation, they can go to rockcareer.com slash book. Uh, then they can connect with me directly on social media. I'm at the Julia Rock on Twitter and um, on Instagram. And then they can also reach me on LinkedIn. So Julia Rock, they can look for my, um, my title. It says finance and accounting leader and career coach. So they can come and find me there. But I try to be pretty consistent on all my platforms. So Instagram, and then also my business pages at Rock Career on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, all those places. So they can find me just about anywhere. 
That's fantastic. And I am just, I can't wait to hear the stories from our listeners of how you will have helped them in the future get unstuck and and navigate the crossroads in their careers. Julia, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing so much of yourself. Thank you so much for inviting me, Amy. I'm so glad that we had a chance to chat and, you know, and catch up as well. So thank you so much for having me on your platform. I really, really appreciate it. Living Corporate is brought to you by The Break Room. Have you ever felt burnt out, depressed, or otherwise exhausted by being one of the onlys at work? You know what I'm talking about. Hosted by black psychologists, psychiatrists, and PhDs, The Break Room is a live weekly web show in the Living Corporate Network that discusses mental health, wellness, and healing for black folks at work. Name another weekly show explicitly focused on mental health, wellness, and healing for black folks at work. I'll wait. This is why you got to check out The Break Room, airing every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on livingcorporate.tv. I love Julia. I hope you loved her as much as I do. She is such a badass and she's so good at so many things, but she's also just great at breaking down um, at the very basic level what we need to do to level up. I always enjoy my conversations with Julia, um, and I love following her and her career advice on social media. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to Living Corporate and share us with your friends and colleagues. You can also meet your favorite guests and join the conversation on our Slack channel at c2bchat.com. That's the letter C, the number two, the letter B, chat.com. And you can really help us out by leaving us a six-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe you're thinking, because you're new here, but that's only five stars. There's only five stars on the platform. That's okay. You can give us all those stars. But then go the next step by leaving a couple of sentences in your own words, telling us what you liked about the show or the episode. Don't forget to visit living-corporate.com to learn more about our other podcasts, videos, web shows, and more. See It To Be It is brought to you in part by Lead At Any Level, a certified woman and LGBTQ-owned business dedicated to helping organizations build inclusive cultures and diverse leadership pipelines. Lead at any level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. That's it for this episode of See It To Be It. This is Amy C. Wanninger, and I'll see you next week. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.